Hello, this is Dr. Steve Vargo with another edition of the IDOC Focal Point Podcast. And I have with me today, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. And Dr. Dalton-Smith is a board certified internal medicine physician, work-life integration researcher, and author of the successful book, Sacred Rest. She shows high achievers how to optimize their income, their time, their effort, without sacrificing their happiness and relationships, both personally and professionally. And we're thrilled to have her as a keynote speaker for our upcoming virtual virtual conference, The Connection. So thank you for joining us, Sandra. Oh, it's my pleasure. So Sandra, one of the things that you talk about that, that I hear a lot about in my industry is career fatigue. And talking with other members, other eye doctors, what I hear a lot is I like practicing, I, I like patient care, but I'm just getting a little burned out with, with the whole thing. Uh, and I probably went through something similar myself a few years back. Where I, I don't practice anymore, and I was looking for uh, a different career path. I wanted to stay within the industry, but at the same time, I, I was starting to feel that career fatigue. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, Who's susceptible to this and maybe how do we avoid it? How, how do we keep our careers interesting and exciting? Great question. I think, you know, the, for most of us, you do experience that at some point during any type of clinical practice because of just the amount of work and effort and time that goes into caring for patients. One of the things that really makes some people more susceptible is because they don't have built in some type of stress management system where they're staying on top of the amount of stress that the job just intrinsically have. I think for many of us, we just assume, well, I, you know, I have my days off and that should be enough for stress management. And it really isn't. You have to be very intentional about being able to undo some of the stressors that are constantly confronting you as a clinician, because really career fatigue is just the precursor to burnout. It's the beginning stages right before you get to what we actually classify as burnout, which the World Health Organization really just this year came up with a solid definition of what they consider that to include, which are feelings of fatigue and overwhelm, which includes feeling as if you're not able to perform your job at its highest, at your highest ability and a dislike of the work that you're doing. And as you mentioned, those are just at the hallmark of where many clinicians feel right before they decide to to out of their practices. And I think one of the things to keep in mind is when you catch burnout early enough, you can start reversing that process. So you are able to maybe not work in the same way that you have within a career, but can make some small changes that'll make you able to still love what you do. Perhaps a few steps beyond career fatigue, I think we get sometimes into even mental health issues. I was listening to a podcast a while back, and I don't remember the doctor's name, but she now travels the U.S. talking about mental health issues within the the medical field, specifically with Mm -hmm. physicians, and it it was eye-opening. And after I heard this, I actually went and looked some things up myself, and there were some really sobering statistics on things like depression, mental health issues, even suicide among physicians. And I, I think we sometimes tend to focus on a patient's well-being, but neglect our own in, in the process. So 
What are some healthy boundaries that pre- practitioners can put into place to protect their well-being? Well, that's the that's why a lot of times we get to those places where our mental health is not as as it should be, as healthy as it should be, because if our boundaries aren't intact and in place, you end up not giving yourself the grace and the space for healing and the healing that is needed just to be able to continue to practice. So you're correct. There's a huge number of people who are suffering from depression within medical communities. Suicide rates for doctors and nurses even are very high. And a lot of that does come down to the personal boundaries. Working excessively above and beyond what we physically or mentally or even emotionally sometimes have the capacity to keep working out of a sense of obligation without taking into account really the effects it's having on us. So we end up getting into this almost like a martyr syndrome where we are sacrificing our own health with an intent to further medicine. And, you know, when we really look at some of those statistics, it's, we're not helping medicine in that situation because what happens is we are not really functioning out of our best. We are usually stressed during those times. We are usually not in a good place mentally, which then means that we are not giving the best patient care we can. Actually to give the highest level of patient care requires you to be functionally at your best. And so that requires time to take breaks. That requires incorporating some things within your day for your emotional health, having those people in your life that you can discuss what you're feeling, whether that's grief over multiple patients lost with COVID, or whether that's a divorce that you're going through. We all need to have those people that we are able to experience that emotional healing with. And I think sometimes as healers and as those who are working to help heal others, we tend to forget that we need the same care that we give to other people. And I think we, we're learning a lot about our own productivity levels and what we perhaps used to think as you know, just this grind of constantly being working. And somehow that was, um, you know, people sort of championed that, that, that person who did that. And, and from a productivity standpoint, I think what we're learning is it's, you know, sometimes less is more when we, when we do take the breaks and we get better sleep and, um, you know, we learn to handle some of these things. It, it actually makes us more productive. We're better able to focus. So I, I think we, you know, probably still learning this, but uh, you know, a lot of the, I think old theories have, have kind of been turned on their head. And, you know, speaking of which on, on the productivity level, um, high achievers, so let's maybe take this a little bit different direction. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do with, with high achievers to help them overcome burnout. Well, high achievers are a higher risk for burnout because most of them have already trained themselves to be very resilient. So they understand that stress is a part of life and they don't try to fight it. They have effective change management mentality. So change doesn't frighten them. They jump right into it with no problems. I mean, it takes a special person to say, I wanna help people who are sick all the time. So there's a level of resilience that's built into a high achiever that actually makes them more prone to burnout because they are able to keep functioning and and being productive even while they are burning out. That's why sometimes it comes to a surprise, even to the person themselves or their family, when they hit the wall, because they're, as a high achiever, they have learned how to adapt through the burnout. 
what I'm finding is, is that most of those people, once they realize the power of actually shifting that a little bit so that they are being just as aggressive in their resting and in their recovery and in their healing process, they become more productive. And most high achievers, that is the goal. (laughs) They want to be effective, productive, and impactful. And they think that by pushing and pushing and pushing and continuing to kind of pour out of their exhaustion and their emptiness, that they're getting this accomplished. And when they find out that actually taking those times to heal and recover and rest, they, are, they become more productive because the work they produce is of higher quality. So they are thinking more innovative thoughts. They're more creative. They are actually doing the better work that they really want to do. Is the rest part different for people? I mean, I, I find that some people like meditation, other people it's exercise. I personally have had to force myself. Now we're doing a lot more work from home to take breaks. And I'll, sometimes I'll just take the dog for a walk around the neighborhood and get out into the outdoors and nature. And it, it, it's helped me a lot because I can very easily sit in the same place and work and work and work. And, and I feel it coming on. I, I feel myself getting, uh, you know, the stress levels go up and I don't feel as focused. So I, I've learned to force myself uh, to get out. And sometimes just simply getting out and walking the dog, even just taking 10 minutes. But it, is it different for everybody? I, I mean, I assume it is, but, but is it just an experimental process to find out how do I structure my day? Am I a morning person? Am I an evening person? What works for me as far as breaks? Is there a way to determine that on an individual level? Absolutely. And that's what we're going to be diving in at the conference, actually. That's the area where I've spent most of my time and research over the past 10 years, looking at the different types of rest that people need and really going deep into how you personally develop your own rest and recovery strategy so that you're able to be very intentional about understanding this is where I have a rest deficit. These are the places of my life that need to really for me to take a fresh look at and to see what changes need to be adjusted. Oftentimes, it isn't that you need to completely exit the career. It's that you need to restore the rest deficits that that career has been causing in your life. It's been interesting from a consulting standpoint, because nobody ever hires a consultant standpoint and tells you there are more emotional reasons for wanting a consultant. It's always something business related, like I want to lower my cost of goods, or I want to increase my revenues. But the more you get to know somebody and develop that relationship, they start to reveal a little bit more. And it's amazing how much I've come to realize a lot of times what people just really want is, is less stress and more personal time. And, and so much of it is, it, it, it's, it's this emotional reason, even for reaching out to a consultant to help them with these other things so they can get back some of the things that they want that are more geared toward a quality of life and, and their well-being. So I, I think this is definitely going to resonate with our audience. I can't wait to, to hear the whole thing. We won't, we won't make you reveal all the good stuff here. So I uh, can't wait to hear you at the connection. Um, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find out more about you? The best place to connect with me would be on my website at ichoosemybestlife.com or at drdaltonsmith.com. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for taking a few minutes here. Uh, and we look forward to hearing you at the connection. Thanks. I look forward to it as well.